and welcome to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. This is season five, episode nine. I am one of your hosts, Tara Wiedemeyer, licensed professional counselor. And with me is Brock Yonke, lead care and support pastor at Hope Fellowship. Hello, that, Brock. That may be the most enthusiastic, wonderful introduction we've had in the history of the podcast right there. That's because it was inauthentic. Uh, oh, great. Just kidding. Welcome to the podcast. Here's an inauthentic <laughs> beginning to our authentic conversation. Hey, sometimes you have to fake it till you make it, right? Hmm. Words from a therapist. Did you know that you sound more um, positive and happier if you um, smile while you talk? Have you ever heard that? I think I have heard that. So recently. listen, let me let's try it. Okay, ready? let's try it again. Here we go. Hi, Brock. That's me, not smiling, folks. Yeah. And hi, Brock. Man, that's me. <laughs> on, on my end, the enthusiasm was quite different between the two, just yeah. because of the smile. And so. I feel like a weird little cheerleader with the smile. <laughs> one. Um, and I apologize, folks. I've kind of had a head cold, so if I sound a little icky. Uh, I'm so sorry. So let's do this thing. Okay. So today we're talking about an important part of marriage that often we we kind of know this aspect of marriage. We kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yet in, in my work with couples, I know it's not as extensive as yours. I've seen when this is lacking, it can have a pretty significant impact on on the relationship for all, all people, not just marriage, but all people. If this is lacking, it can't have a significant impact. And, and what is that thing, Brock? Well, not saying. I'm not saying. Well, I was trying. It was a teaser. It's like I'm like I'm trying to get. They're, the, they're already on. So. Yeah, oh, they're okay. I was trying to get the audience to be like, boy, I really want to listen to this podcast. <laughs> so we're talking about the need for other people in our lives or community outside of our marital relationship. And so basically, we need other people is kind of what we're after yes. today. So very important. And so one of the things that's I read a book uh, a few years ago by a guy named Eli Finkel. I really like the word Finkel. It is a cool, it's a cool name. But one of the things he described in there, and I think it makes a lot of sense to me, is that uh, early on in our, he kind of did a history of marriages. And so early on in our culture, the United States of America, we were very much um, ensconced, that's a fun word to say, <laughs> with you know parents and grandparents and family. We were around a lot of people. And as time went by, so of industrial revolution happened and then mm -hmm. uh, suburbia happened where we're in cars and driving. And then kind of we built these houses and privacy fences and all that kind of stuff. And garages that and, shut. And garages that shut. And pretty soon we were able to lose that community feel and it just became you and your spouse. And so Eli Finkel's premise is that that can have a negative impact on a marriage because it puts so much pressure on your spouse to be all the things that you need in your life that would be there traditionally in community, like uh, you know, like having a counselor, having a friend, a confidant, a lover, a recreational partner, all these things. You put all that emphasis in your spouse. And so you're kind of putting a lot of pressure on one person to be all the things that they, it would be impossible for them to be all those things. And it's they were a, never meant to be. Never meant to be. That then, person who wears all those hats and plays all those roles. And then you get disappointed when they can't do all these for all those things for you. So you start to blame the marriage. And so maybe the problem isn't necessarily the marriage, but maybe it's your view or perspective on community that really can have a negative impact when we look at it that way. Does that sound reasonable to you? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I think, I mean, with the way, <clears throat> excuse me, the way we interact, even if someone says they have a strong sense of community and support, um, a lot of times if you were to compare that to like, our ancestors that would look so significantly different and it just it's changed the landscape of the way I think we do relationships and interact how marriages um like the behaviors of marriages all of that and so the industrial revolution was wonderful for a lot of things yeah. but it also 
when we really look, when we get into the the relational aspects, it was kind of harmful. Isolation mm-hmm. tended to be a little bit more. And you even think, what what is the revolution right now? Would it be the iPhone revolution? So did I say revelation? I meant revolution. But anyway, you said revolution. Okay. So, well, but it's it's even different now with technology because we have this. Uh, so especially if we've grown up native to that world of technology, mm-hmm. we have this idea that I can post something online or just make a comment and then I'm finding community. Look at all this community. Yeah, I'm socializing. I'm socializing. It, yeah. You're not at all. Yeah. yeah. No, technology again. I mean, and this is, I think, the case for so many things. There's so many positives um, and advancements that we've made because of technology and, and with things. technology. Yeah. But then it can be harmful too, mm. you know? There's dark and light to everything. The other side of the coin. Yes, yeah. yes. And so as we look at that, and as I've worked with couples and they tend to isolate even more, it does put a lot of pressure, undue pressure on the marriage relationship that can't be lived up to. And so therefore there's a lot of frustrations that come along with that. And there's just this strong sense inside of us that we need community. It feels like almost in a way that um, we're wired to need people to mm-hmm. be in community. Is that accurate? I'm getting a, a therapist look like, hey, what, yeah, are, what no, are you doing here? Absolutely. So. No, we are hardwired for community. And there's more and more research coming out on that um, over the last several years. And it is showing that. And But a lot of times, you know, personality types, certain personality types do tend to slash want to isolate more or be they're more introverted and want to be on their own and kind of that lone wolf thing. Mm-hmm. And that is okay to an extent, but they're still like community is still important even to those people and personality types too. It just might look a little different than somebody who's more aware of it or more outgoing and more social naturally. But yes, we are hardwired for community and um, there's literally like science that shows that in our brains, there's certain things that get stimulated when we interact with other people. Mm. And so when that doesn't happen, think of it like that area kind of atrophies or doesn't get um, enough activity and that can change like the layout of the land, so to speak. Um, But no, I think God designed us to be in community. And again, that just looks very different depending on who you're talking to or maybe even like the season of life they're in. But it's a vital part of not just marriages, but I think us as social beings. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, theologically, as as I look at this, I, I think you need to think about it in First Corinthians. There's this example of the body that we're not all the things that we need to be. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if how can we say? to the eye, you're not important, or the toe, you're not important. Uh, and Tara stubbed her toe yesterday, so that's why I brought that up and it's in a lot of pain. Uh, but it, it's, you know, like, it, the, it seems like God is saying that we need other people to be more complete uh, of the body. And then also, one of the things that I think a lot of people refer to is, is we look biblically about the Trinity, about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There seems to be this relational aspect, even from creation, uh, in in the Godhead and us as humans, he created humans to be together. And so it seems like we're just kind of created and hardwired to be that way from God. And and when that is missing, we're kind of missing out on maybe more of a complete picture or a piece of us. So there's an atrophy that can happen in our mm-hmm. how we re- relate to other people. It affects people. our spirituality if yeah. we're not in connection and relationship with the Lord or like we want or need to be, for sure. Yeah. But like we're created in God's image and 
God created us to have relationship with us. And so if we are to follow that model, that we can't just go to our spouse for all the things because they cannot be all the things, even if they want to, even if they do really well, there's going to be times where that just doesn't scratch your itch, so to speak. Yeah, and say your spouse is an arm. Go back to our <laughs> body now. They can't be all the other things. You need all these other people to complete complete the body. Mm-hmm. But I can understand why you know, some people tend to shy away from community uh, because there can be some hurt from the past. Uh, there can be some misunderstanding or feeling like I just wasn't accepted or whatever. And so it's easy to say, hey, there might be a little pain or trauma in that. So I want to move away from that. That's a little scary thing to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we're not discounting that in any way, shape or form. It's saying, hey, it probably it's time to to look and evaluate. Is this something that I can start to process and say, how can I find this a little bit more? Because it is such a vital, important piece of, yeah. of the journey. And if there is that, hopefully there's still one or two people and, and your spouse can be one of those people in your life that you feel safe, hopefully, with and can connect with. Sure. But there's one or two people, even if people as a whole, there's been some hurt or adversity there that you can go to, at least in certain moments where you can let your hair down, be yourself, and show the good, bad, and ugly. So whenever someone uses that phrase, let your hair down, it doesn't <laughs> seem to resonate with me for some reason. I don't know why. Um, just take the walls down. Take your mask off. Huh. Okay. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll continue to process what that statement means. But oh, as I, th- I think of the last several years uh, for my wife and I, there's been seasons when we talk about community and you get together and you laugh or do something. But I- I'm kind of thinking of even a deeper level of community where it's almost call it like a spiritually authentic community. Uh, and there's so many benefits when you find that, when you find a place that you can kind of let your hair down, I'll use your uh, wording there, and to just be yourself and kind of share what's going on behind the walls of your home and share vulnerably. Uh, and I realize there's a process in that too, because sometimes being vulnerable is also a very scary thing. There's been some hurt in that. but And you can build up to this. And you can, yeah, it doesn't have to be overnight. Like, in fact, hey, you I instantly, encourage it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to build trust. But like, I think about as we've done those things, like there's been times in community and I've heard other people share about their marriages and they were vulnerable and there were lessons I learned just from them. Like, boy, that that's something that I'd like to avoid or boy, that's encouraging. I should do that. And there's even a sense of like, I, sometimes I don't like the word accountability because it seems kind of dogmatic and mm-hmm. painful, but more like, hey, we're going to help each other. We're going to- True support. True support. Support's yeah. a better word for Empathy, that. Empathy, so. compassion. Those yeah. things happen when there is authentic connection for sure. Yeah. My girl, Brene Brown. <laughs> yes. Um, she says, connection is why we're here. We're hardwired to connect with others. It gives us purpose and meaning to our lives and without it, they're suffering. Yeah. And so like, think about it. If you've ever felt, and I think everyone has on some level, but lonely or rejected or when you're suffering, just from whether it's grief or you're just having a hard season, but when we don't have connection with others or we don't feel seen and understood, that that is suffering. It, it, it's painful. It's uncomfortable. And I think there are seasons where we are, we're going to have that no matter what. That's just part of being human in this world. But, and I definitely, I think we can lean into that. But if we lean into that and we see that that suffering is coming from having a lack of support or community, there are things that we can do and, and they can be challenging and difficult. But I, again, I think this is one of those things that like, it can be hard to accomplish, find, or maintain 
but it's so worth it when you have it. Because don't you think it would be if, if you're lacking those things, it's ultimately going to affect your behavior and even your internal dialogue about yourself and about another another human being in your life. If those things are missing, that's going there because we're hardwired for that. And so when those are missing, we tend to maybe go into different behaviors to oh, try yeah. to adjust for that that's for missing sure. in our life. And going back to some of the stuff we've talked about previously, but even like <clears throat> if you already if you're struggling with some um, if there's shame or guilt or negative or limiting beliefs already in place. It can poke at those. It can get attached to those. It can trigger those things. It can also sometimes create new yeah. beliefs, and then therefore that will affect us emotionally, cognitively, physically, our behaviors, all of that. Mm-hmm. So it's all it's all related. Yeah, but it's also it's a it can be hard. Yeah, very difficult because there has been some hurt there. But I, I think one of the things that I've heard from in, in my own talking about being an authentic community and hearing from others is one of the things it does is it kind of can validate um, or normalize behavior. Because mm-hmm. I hear the phrase all the time, people saying, oh, I thought we were the only ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought- You feel less alone. You feel less alone. You kind of feel like, okay, this is a problem and this is something, especially as you see other people that have moved toward a path of healing in those areas, you can start to say, okay, we have hope too. So it can provide hope and encouragement and just hearing stories like, okay, um, you know, one of the things that, uh, one of the famous things, I don't know who this is attributed to is, is they always say, one of the great lessons we learn from the past is that we learn nothing from the mm-hmm. past, you know? And so it's nice to hear other people's stories to say, oh, maybe there's a chance for me to learn from that. I don't have to experience yes. that myself. And just to feel, hey, um, I'm not alone in this, that, yeah. that this is. And so, so sometimes what happens when you feel alone is you can really start to blame your spouse and say, if you weren't this way, if you just would do this and think you're the only one that does that way. And then you get out community and realizing, oh, there's a lot of people that maybe have similar feelings and we can, we can work on this yeah. together in, in the midst of that community. Yeah. It offers a different perspective for sure. It's sometimes, and it gives us like a wider landscape. Like it helps us not have blinders on. Um, and I think it, it can promote like more like growth in ourselves and our marriage, but also like that self-awareness. So it's like, you know, if you read a book and it challenges your thinking and you really chew on it and it helps you understand something better, maybe even solidify what you think and know about that subject, you know, that's what community can do for us too, a Mm -hmm. lot of times. Um, And so we don't have to agree with everything that comes out of like a friend's mouth necessarily. But if we know that they're for us, we trust them and we are like-minded in some ways enough to like connect with them. It's okay to be challenged and to again, have healthy conflict and all of those things because it it grows us for the better. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, that's often overlooked is I think there's a desire in all of us that we want to be known. Mm-hmm. That we don't want to have to hide in kind of some things maybe we're have a little shame about or some past experiences. And so in community it gives you a chance to have, um, you can almost like, I think you've said this before, like we can get out of our head a little bit. And when we think we're alone, but we can share this and maybe share some of the struggles, confess some things that we're struggling with and and and, and know that we're not alone and feel accepted and loved. Mm-hmm. And hey, we're going to be on that's the street. Healing. To, that's healing. Yeah. yeah. So if that's missing and we stay in our heads with all that kind of stuff, we can really start to, um, be difficult on ourselves and to our spouse and their relationship. And so even that aspect of just having a safe place to, and maybe sometimes, you know, it starts with, you know, not necessarily your spouse having to be that confidant, but someone else. So you can say, hey, here's some things I'm struggling with that's going this journey together, walking through this. Yeah, absolutely. When you can be 
and and we're not saying do this with everyone, not even like, you know, not the cashier at Kroger yeah. kind of thing. Can I, when, can I confess my sins to you today, cashier, please? But when you have a few safe people in your life and you can truly be vulnerable with the hard stuff and the good stuff, that matters too, you know, but mm-hmm. when you, and warts and all, you know, yeah. and the, it's met with non-judgment and empathy and compassion, that puts a dent in shame, guilt, the, you know, maybe the distrusted um, mystery of like human interaction and connection. Yeah, It's so healing and so powerful. But I think that's why, again, when you've been hurt, that's why it feels so big is because it has the power to be really, really cool and helpful or to be really hurtful and deeply wounding. Yeah. Uh, Tara, in your family, do you guys ever watch SpongeBob? We used to. Okay. Love SpongeBob. Well, my kids are all grown and SpongeBob still gets played in our house every once in a while. But anytime someone uses the word cashier, I always think of Squidward. All right. So, Tara, <laughs> that, that's all I had to say about that topic. So, oh. Tara, um, you have a bullseye example that we're going to talk oh, about yeah. here. Do you mind sharing that? Sure. The bullseye example? Yeah. This and why is, is it called a bullseye? I, I just, oh. Maybe like it could the, be a bull's brain because it seems like it'd be more of a central thing than a bull's eye. Okay, moving on, folks. Okay, here we go. We're not going to even validate that with the response. Um, so think of like a target, like it's like shooting practice, a bull's eye, right? But I use this a lot when, <clears throat> excuse me, um, when I'm working on like communications or boundaries, vulnerability, that kind of thing. Um, and we tweak it depending on what we're working on. But if you've got several of those rings, those layers, you're not like if, the actual bullseye, the center of that target, those are going to be the people that you have the most emotional um, history or safety and trust with, right? So maybe hopefully your spouse is one of those and a couple of other people. It doesn't need to be a large circle by any means. It can be, but like, I think people are blessed if they just have two or three people in their lives like that, you know? Um, But those are going to be the people that we have, that connection with, we can be really vulnerable, we can share the ugliest stuff, and we know that we're still going to be loved and not run them off, right? And then as you move out each circle, there's less and less like emotional history, rapport, connection, trust, safety with. So the cashier at Kroger would be several rings out from the bullseye, right? Mm-hmm. Squidward. And so those are, the further out you are from the bullseye, those are, not, it's, I tell, you know, I definitely want people to practice vulnerability and know how to do it because it's so necessary to uh, like overall well-being and uh, like wholehearted living. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing that all the time, like without boundaries or with unsafe people, that is a boundary issue, but also the potential of being like you're oversharing, but also the potential of being hurt, um, disappointed, not having your expectations met, that kind of thing, right? So we want to practice like, true authentic vulnerability like closer into that bullseye or within that bullseye right and so maybe you have friends like let's say we're four rings out Mm -hmm. you can still be vulnerable you can still be you know honest and share things but you may not tell them everything that you would tell somebody who's in that center spot makes sense um and that doesn't mean even mean that you don't necessarily trust them it's just it's not the same as the people that are in that bullseye and so just not 
that I think that's part of the thing. When you have a true community, even that there's layers to community too, right? So like if you've got a small group and you just started meeting with them and they're not quite yeah, not bull, like not localized yeah. to the bullseye yet, right? Yeah. Then you still want to open up and like like wade into the deep end and be honest and share and connect and hang out and get to know them. But you're not going to go straight for the emotional jugular yet because that's just, it's not a safe thing to do. You mm-hmm. don't know how they're going to react. And so if it's not met or received well, it could be harmful to you. Then you're going to have guilt or hurt or self-doubt from sharing. And it could make you, you know, two steps forward, five steps back kind of thing. So there's just a lot in there. So like when we're just, I think that's a good visual. And sometimes I even have people draw it out and they list the people in their lives. Oh, wow. yeah. Um, but when we're talking about true community, like you could have, again, several rings of that, but the true, the deeper, more centrally located ones are the ones that you're going to bear it all with, so yeah. to speak. That's a great idea to even just draw a bullseye and start to list some folks, because I think what we're after here today is realizing we need all levels of community, mm-hmm. but we really need also to ultimately some a level where we can feel seen, heard, and valued and then find that non-judgmental environment yeah. for us to be, truly be known. And if we just put all that pressure on our spouse, that's probably not going to be good for your marriage. There needs to be other people in that ring besides just Alicia or, or Daniel. I mean, Daniel, pretty much, Tara's husband, he's kind of the perfect man. Oh, so he could probably fill all those areas other than Daniel. Uh-huh. Most of us need some people. <laughs> I like to hype Daniel up pretty good. And Tara. Um, anyway, so one of the things we like to do as we close out the podcast is talk about a mindful marriage moment where we try to get really practical about some things. And I just wanted to say that, um, you know, over the years, I've been in, been full-time ministry for, geez, since 1987 years, folks. <laughs> yeah. well, 87's probably when it started, 1987, <laughs> but since 1994, 91, somewhere in there. And there's a couple things that we have at Hope that are really some of the more pure, honest, spiritual community things that I've ever experienced in my life. And so thinking about in your marriage, about going to re-engage and having that community group. And so last night it was funny, I was leading a small group at re-engage and they're about 11 weeks in or so. And they're, they're one of their main concerns is like, this is kind of the first place we've ever really found this great community where we can feel heard and seen and valued and share and be encouraged and not judged. And they were, they were nervous when this is over. Mm-hmm. And it's such a healthy thing to find those people is rare in life and to find those center of the bullseye people and, and regeneration, phenomenal opportunity where you get with other group of men or another group of women and really start to share what's going on in your life and feel supported and cared for and journal through that. It's just some of the most wonderful, uh, authentic community things I've ever experienced in my life. And then, you know, lastly for me too, I know Tara would support this as a, as a therapist, but just having that place too in support and those things as well, where you can go to someone and just really share honestly and know that they've been trained and they uh, most likely are going to show you great empathy and help you walk through that. Just finding those places, uh, you know, because sometimes maybe going to a therapist is your first step. Like, hey, I'm going to trust this person. It's going to allow me then to maybe find some other people that I can build community with. Mm-hmm. And so I would just recommend checking out one of those things, especially as you kind of start, you know, uh, uh, this is early 2023. Just kind of maybe that could be a thing I want to do this year is to find that community to support my marriage so no, I can be a better spouse and find a place for healing for myself. And so that, that would be my practical, mindful marriage moment. Uh, so I like it. Does that sound? It's good. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think you can find it in so many different places. And so, and it doesn't even have to be necessarily 
a group. Like maybe you want to just ask one person from your group or yeah. from work yeah. out to dinner and like get to know them and try to develop a deeper relationship too. You know, that's okay. And so I think just just examine it and pick somewhere to start and know that it takes courage to do it and do the dang thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, Tara, thank you again for your time as always. Uh, therapist, uh, podcaster, oh my mother. Okay. And I know it's all pro- probably you can do all these things because of Daniel. Right. But anyway, right. just wanted to thank you again. And He, he is my source <laughs> of community. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's what we're talking about here today. But anyway. That's my point. Okay, thank you. All right, thank you guys. And we'll see you next time on the Mindful Marriage Podcast. Bye. Thanks, everyone.